0: Welcome to Sermons Online at Mantino Church of the Nazarene in Mantino, Illinois. We hope you enjoy today's service from Sunday, May 31st, 2020, with Pastor Ken Garner. Today's sermon, the conclusion of our I Worship series, is I Worship Waiting.
1: Today is Pentecost Sunday. Before Jesus went up to heaven, he told his disciples to wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit, a gift from God. So they waited. Can you imagine what it felt like to wait in anticipation for a gift that was coming from God? Finally, they were all together in one place. And it says in Acts chapter 2, Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I've invited Lance to share during the kids' moment this morning.
0: Thanks, Amy. Today's lesson is about waiting for the Holy Spirit. And waiting can be hard. But waiting for the Holy Spirit, that could be even harder. It's harder because we often want to take things into our own hands than to wait for the Holy Spirit. I can't imagine being one of those disciples waiting in the upper room for days for the Holy Spirit to come. If it were me, I would think, man, this just isn't working. I'm out of here. It reminds me of a story that Henry Nowen, an author, once told about a trapeze artist named Rodley. He was in the circus. Have you been to the circus before? Thumbs up if you've been to the circus. Well, anyway, Rodley, he was a flyer. A flyer is the one who does all the, whoa, flips and twists. And Rodley said, as a flyer, I must have complete trust in my catcher. The public might think that I'm a great star of the trapeze but the real star is Joe, my catcher. He has to be there with me in split second precision to catch me out of the air as I fly across the sky. The secret, Rodley said, is that the flyer does nothing, but the catcher does everything. When I fly to Joe, I simply have to stretch out my hands and arms and wait for him to catch me to pull me to safety. Rodley repeated, the worst thing that a flyer can do is to try to catch the catcher. I'm not supposed to catch Joe. It's Joe's task to catch me. A flyer must fly and a catcher must catch. And the flyer must trust with outstretched arms that the catcher will be there for him. Similarly, as we go through life, we are the flyers and we do nothing. And the Holy Spirit is the catcher and the catcher does everything. We must trust that no matter what the holy spirit will catch us the moment we try to take matters into our own hands we stop waiting on the holy spirit is the moment that we risk missing out on the catch the gifts of the holy spirit
2: this scripture is taken from first john chapter 4 verses 7 through 12. beloved let us love one another for love is from god And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifested amongst us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loves us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us.
3: This scripture is taken from Acts, chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. And while staying with them, he ordered them to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. For John baptized with water, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judah and Samaria and to the end of the earth.
1: The last five weeks, we've explored worship. It's a loaded word, but we've, we've tried not to start a worship war. We don't even care about worship wars and getting in a war over music or what version of the Bible you use or liturgy or anything like that. Uh, we don't care about that. We've tried to find out what Scripture says worship means and then how we can do that uh, as followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, we've heard from all different kinds of people during this series as they have told us how they worship, how they encounter God best, and we found out that not everybody finds that encounter with God or or gets that to that place by coming to church and by uh, sitting through music and or preaching that. Things are different for different people, and so we we had to dive in a little bit further and find out what worship really means. Um, We found out that worshiping God means that we trust God. We trust God not to torture us, as we found out from Mark chapter 5, but that God would give us more life. We worry that if we give up everything and we worship God, that Oh, he's well, is he going to torture us, make our lives miserable? But we found out that it really means that we give in and we trust God to give us more, more of what real life is all about. We found out that it means that we, we love God. Instead of many gods, instead of all the different things that become gods in our life competing for our attention, we found out that it means that we live our lives. We talked to the people from Recharge Coffee that we live our lives as a reflection of the way God has loved us, and so we just naturally want to love other people the way that God has loved us. And last week we talked about, we found out that worship is finding the good, the good in in you, the good in me, the good in our neighbor. It's finding that thumbprint of God that every living being and every piece of creation has. Finding that thumbprint, that good in them, and running for it, uh, no matter what. We even talked about when we do come together in a church, in a gathering, in a church service, like what that means for worship. And it's getting rid of all of the distractions and coming back together and helping each other focus and focus all of our being on the love of God. But (laughs) it's still difficult. It's difficult to worship. And all through Scripture, Scripture, We find God telling people to do one thing, and it's the hardest thing that any of us do, because most of the time we don't do it well, or we don't do it at all. All through Scripture, God says, wait. (laughs) Wait. But no, I'm Ken Garner. I'm going to do something. I'm going to work harder. I don't have time to wait. I've got things to do. I know how I worship God, and I'm going to go do it. And I've got life to live. I can't wait. And that's where we miss the point of worship, the point where we find out that worship means living. It doesn't mean that I've got life to live, so I need to get my worship over with. Somehow those are one and the same thing. So how do I describe waiting? I think, I was trying to think of all the times I had to wait in my life. And the one that was the hardest And it was in between my junior and senior year of college, and it was July sometime there, and I confessed to God my undying love for Teresa Allment. The problem was is that Teresa Allment and I were not dating, and we had not for two and a half years. And that was a problem because she was dating somebody else and was probably going to marry that person. And, you know, God and I talked, and I felt like an instant muzzle saying, wait. I'm like, but God, wait. Don't say a word. There were all kinds of extenuating circumstances, but um, five months, I had to wait. My friends are going, she's going to get engaged. She's going to get engaged. You've got to say something. I'm like, I can't. There's a muzzle. God said, Wait. And so I had to wait and wait and wait to see if I ever would be able to confess to Teresa herself my undying love for her. We hate waiting. We really hate waiting. Waiting to us means that we're not doing anything. We're not accomplishing anything because that's who we are. we got to get things done. Worship brings us into an encounter with God's love. And God's love counters all of the unloving and competitive things going on in our lives because they all distract us from His thumbprint in our lives. And we can't see that image of God in ourselves anymore. Waiting. How do we wait on God? How do we wait on God to worship God? There's going to be a question on your screen, a reflection question. Take time to think about it. Uh, you um, You can talk to somebody there with you if you want to. But the question is, what obstacles to waiting on God do you encounter? What gets in your way of worshiping God?
3: Thank you. from Acts chapter two, verses one through eight. When the day of the Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven, a sound like mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. It divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews
1: Uh, Boston sang a song called More Than a Feeling, and uh, the song is probably not what we're thinking about, but worship better be more than a feeling. It better be more than something we, we get when we come to church when we're with people and doing our thing. Worship better be more than a feeling. It better be more than eating ice cream when we're depressed. An encounter with God better be more than that. It better be more than a feeling. It better change our lives. Or all of this time we spend talking about it and all this making our lives about this, it's it's not worth it if it's just ice cream. Waiting. Five months of waiting. I was muzzled and not able to tell Teresa Almet that I loved her, and I had loved her, and I always would. Five months. And then five months later, she broke up with her boyfriend, and it was like immediately the muzzle disappeared. And now uh, I, was, I was done waiting. And Teresa, Beth, Almett Garner, and I, uh, we have been married for... 32 years this summer waiting. We hate waiting. I worked with teenagers as a youth pastor for 30 years and I learned one trick to get their goat all the time because they were all the time getting mine just because you know and so I had to find something that I would have the upper hand and there was always the really antsy teenager who, who could not wait. And they could not go on with if they didn't know what was happening next. And they'd always come up to me and they'd say, so what are we doing next? What are we doing next? And, and I could always just kind of smile and say, wait, you'll see. And they hated that. And they hated me for making them wait and not know what was coming next. Waiting. Maybe gathering in a church service is the best way for you to encounter God. And and if that is so, my question for you is, how do you get ready for that? Maybe serving and and doing things for other people is the best way for you to encounter God. And if that is the case, I still have a question, how do you get ready to encounter God doing that? Maybe learning and studying and, and th- those types of things help you encounter God. And again, I ask you, how do you prepare for that so that you encounter God when you're doing it? I've tried waiting and the last three or four, two or three years, I've tried three or four different planners and journals, trying to be organized, trying to get my life together, all that kind of thing. And in Every single journal that is out right now that all the big wigs are telling you to spend all your money on, every single one of them incorporates some type of quiet reflection time into your day, your weekend, getting ready for the next whatever. Every single one of them. Uh, Counselors, everybody, they talk about a time of of quiet and meditation, a time of waiting did you know that chewing, uh, chewing, not clapping your teeth like that if you could hear that, but chewing helps focus us. It helps recenter our body and our minds away from the fight or flight uh, that may be going on in our lives. And it, the chewing helps bring the right thing to our lives. I can't give you all the science behind it because I would explain it wrong, incorrectly. So, uh, just go talk to a doctor and they can help you understand that nervous system, uh, there. But now I know why. My mom always said, slow down and chew your food, young man. Uh, she needed me to relax and not be so uptight. and I'm sure she was just worried I was going to choke. But there's something real scientific and emotional and spiritual about slowing down and chewing. Did you know that saying grace before your meal, while it's being thankful to God, there's something about gratefulness that rewires our brain, in our body, and our soul, and it changes our focus and brings an encounter to our lives. Try being grateful for four or five things every day. Write them down. Tell somebody about them. Whatever it may be, there's something about trying to be grateful that really it's like, I've got to push things out, and it takes me some time when I'm not focused. Breathing. Uh, breathing's really important, right? Because wouldn't be standing up here if I wasn't breathing. But um, some—what do we tell the little kids sometimes when they run up to us? I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Take a breath." Uh, well, we say, "Breathe." I remember when my daughter was in track, and there was one of the long-distance runners that, when he was starting to get tired, his head would start going back like this, and you'd hear all the crowd go put your head down because he was kind of like cutting off his airway going like that. So breathing is very important. Try telling any athlete, uh, talk to an athlete, talk to a weightlifter about breathing, talk to a pregnant lady about breathing, and you will find out that learning to breathe, there's something about slowing down and waiting. When we wait, Jesus said that we would be given a gift. He said that in Acts chapter 1 as it was read earlier. We would be given a gift, and His gift to us would be the presence of His Holy Spirit. But He said, wait. Anytime we do anything to try and manufacture an encounter with God, we probably will rush the encounter and instead God wants us to just learn to wait the abundant more that we talked about the abundant life the more that we're supposed to trust God for it doesn't come from our efforts it doesn't come by how well we can you know, get the music or how slick we can get the service or how uh, how many things we can read or all those things there it All is dependent on clearing out things from our lives and letting that presence from God, the presence of His Spirit, fill all of our lives. God said all through Scripture, wait. Wait for God. God's love is on the way in your life wait for it. God will not leave you alone. He will be present in your life and in my life. And so let's practice waiting, not doing, but being a child of God. Let's practice waiting instead of go, 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 or do, 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 and just continuing to go and try and hope that God will bless everything we do. Instead, let's just realize it's all about God and His love for us. So I have a reflection question for you. Take some time. What brings peace? What brings breath? And focus into your life so you can wait for God's Spirit to fill your life. we said that an encounter with God better change our lives. It better be more than a feeling, better be more than ice cream when we're depressed. It better make a difference. When we wait and we receive that present of God's Spirit in our lives... That's where true change starts happening in our lives. And all the promises of Scripture about being an overcomer and uh, the habits and everything, all the things changing in our lives and God being present, it's because when we wait, God sends His Spirit to fill our lives and to begin to change and to give us more. As we say the Lord's Prayer this morning, the prayer that Jesus taught us to disciples, uh, the words will be across the bottom of the screen. And when we pray and we, we ask God to give us daily bread, and we ask for His kingdom to come into our world, and we ask Him to forgive us, what, would you, if you need to wait, and you need to say, God, I'm, I'm running around, I'm too busy, I'm trying to make you love me, if you need to just say, I'm done. I'm waiting. Would your prayer be the words of this prayer that you realize it's about God and His love for you? And then after the prayer, there'll be a blessing. And if you want, you can hold your hands like this and receive that blessing from, not me, but from God's presence in your life. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father who art in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come into our lives your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us give me today your daily bread forgive us our trespasses our sins as we forgive those who sin and trespass against us lead me not into temptation But deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever wait for the gift of god's promised presence in your life may you be filled with a new life and be witnesses to god's loving encounter in your life go wait And encounter love this week.
0: Amen. We hope you received a blessing from this sermon. If you live in the area, we would love for you to join us at Mantino Church of the Nazarene, 698 North Locust Street in Mantino, Illinois. If you don't live close by, we hope you'll become a part of a church in your area where you'll find a community of faith and learn more about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. From Mantino Church of the Nazarene, where we love God, journey together, and serve others. Have a blessed day.